Welcome to Me, Myself, and Millie, a podcast that gives light and levity to infertility and different pathways to parenthood. Hosted by infertility sleuth, Millie Brooks. Thank you for being here today, guys. We have a very special episode for you. Josephine at Lurie is on the show to talk about fertility mindfulness. Josephine is an infertility advocate, writer, meditation instructor, mom boss, and host of the podcast Responding to Life. Josephine, welcome to the show. So glad to have you on the air. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, well, why don't we dot before we dive into an interview, you have like totally beautifully offered to do a guided meditation. So why don't we start with that? Yeah, I would love to. So get as comfortable as possible. You can remain seated, you can lie down, whatever feels good to you, and just you know, don't feel like you can't adjust yourself throughout the experience. And whenever you feel ready, gently close your eyes. And we'll begin to come into this moment by taking two long, deep breaths in. Breathing in through your nose and gently letting it out of your mouth. Once again, a deep breath in through your nose And then gently letting it out of your mouth. And now just allow your breath to return to a pace that feels comfortable for you. And just begin to witness how that breath is moving in and out of your body. Notice the gentle ebb and flow of that breath as it moves into your body and as it flows out. Everything that you have left behind, the work, the people, the expectations, everything remains exactly where it needs to be. You can return back to all of that after this session that you have set aside for yourself, for your self-care. So as you take your next deep breath in, allow yourself to fill up with that positivity and light. Allow yourself to fill up with energy. And then as you breathe out, feel yourself melting into the earth beneath you. On the next few breaths, we'll follow a pattern, a breathing technique that I call four, five, six, seven. And what you'll do is as you inhale, you'll inhale for four seconds and then you'll match your exhale for four seconds. And then on the next breath, you go for five, the next after that six, and then after that seven. And I'll allow you to count at your own pace Counting four, five, six, seven. And begin that breath pattern. Now, 
And as you breathe and you're counting, continue to witness that breath as it moves through you. And now just allow that breath to return back to a pace that's comfortable for you. And knowing that each breath that you take is your gateway from a state of stress, bringing you into a state of relaxation and calm. So be very intentional with every breath that you take in, knowing that the power of your breath is moving you from one state of negativity, one state of overwhelm, and moving you into a state of positivity and abundance and light. Now that we've tuned into our breath, let's take a moment to tune into our bodies today. We'll work from the bottom of our feet to the top of our head, And as you breathe in, just allow yourself to take notice of any areas of tension or tightness that you may be holding on to. When you find any areas like that, breathe into those spots, imagining that your breath is expanding in those areas, and then use the power of your exhale to release and let go of that tension. So begin now at your own pace working from the bottoms of your feet to the top of your head. Some common areas where we hold on to tension that you may notice are your shoulders, your hands, your jaw, your eyes, your forehead. Allow those places to soften. Allow them to release as you breathe in and as you exhale out that tension. And notice as you're moving your way up your body that as you allow yourself to release that tension, imagine yourself getting lighter Imagine all of the space that you are creating within.
And now that you've made space within your body, using the power of your breath, and you've began to witness how that breath is moving in and out of this body of yours. We have now made ourselves so ready for more relaxation, for more positivity and abundance. And if you're holding on to anything else that's weighing you down, this time, any emotions, any memories that that you keep within you. Let's use this time to allow ourselves to let it go. So continue to breathe in and out, but this time as you exhale, using the power of your exhale to release any emotions, anything that you're holding on to that you don't need in this moment. This journey of trying to conceive so difficult. We hold on to so much pain, all of these memories from the past of things that maybe didn't work out and then we're flooded with the worry of all the what-ifs of the future. So today, in this moment, give yourself permission to just be. Allow yourself to let go of those things that you don't need right now. So on your next exhale, use the power of your breath to just let go. On your next breath, let go of the exhaustion that you feel from this journey that has taken so much, required so much energy. Just using that exhale to let it go. And then use that breath to bring in an inhale and the power of some new energy to help you to keep going on. Just use one last breath to let go anything else that you may have been holding on to that you no longer need in this moment. And then on your next breath, now that you've created so much space in your heart, in your mind, in your entire being, 
Support yourself with the knowledge that you are strong. So as you breathe in for the next few breaths, breathing in those words, I am strong, I am capable, I can do this. Use those words to help anchor you into the present moment and to remind you of that inner strength that you have. Breathing in, I am strong, I am capable, and I can do this. And then we'll end our meditation just as we began, taking two long and slow deep breaths, breathing in through your nose and gently letting it out of your mouth. Once again, a long, slow, deep breath in through your nose and gently letting it go. And begin to come back into the place that you are in by wiggling your fingers or your toes, perhaps stretching your neck from side to side. And whenever you feel ready, no rush, gently open your eyes. And I allow the feelings that you cultivated here today to just ripple throughout the rest of your day, hopefully the rest of your week. And just remember that you can always return back to this space simply by using the power of your breath. Josephine, I'm hooked. Yay. <laughs> that was fabulous. This is going to be a very different episode, I can tell already. <laughs> I love that you did it. I'm so glad I could like get you. I'm so glad that flew by for me. Oh, good. That's yeah, awesome. that just flew by. It felt like mental candy. <laughs> it was just so, I mean, candy's not really good for you. Maybe like a mental massage or just a mental, like I was opening the window to my brain a little bit and letting the cobwebs out. Oh, that's nice. I've never heard that before. I like that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Um. Well, how did you find yourself in this area of work? Like what led you here? Uh, so, you know, I've always been, um, I've always taken care of my nutrition, my fitness. And at some point in time, I realized that there was something missing. I was trying to figure out what it was. And then I realized I wasn't dealing with all the mental and emotional side of, of my wellness, you know, and a friend of mine kept telling me to try meditation, try meditation. I said, I can't do that. I'm so type A, constantly have these to-do lists in my head. It's not going to work. And she kept insisting. And so I finally tried an app and this was years ago and I got hooked. And just these little short chunks of, of meditations, I got hooked. And then I, you know, I'm always trying to like, do everything to the best of my ability. So 
I decided to level up the meditation because I couldn't just do it on an app. I had to like take it another step. And I just enrolled in this teacher training program, not with the idea of teaching, but just to really dig deep and level up. And, and when I did that course afterwards, it was just so life-changing that I knew I needed to, to help other people with it. And so that's kind of, that's what set me on this sort of path. And I initially started with corporate meditations because I used to do management consulting and I thought, oh, okay, I can, I totally understand what they're going through in the corporate world. And so I can take it to them. And so I did. But then as I was deciding to start writing my book on my fertility journey, I thought like it just clicked. And I thought, I wish I had this when I was going through my like 13 year journey this would have been a game changer for me. I should, I should offer people who are going through med- uh, fertility treatments meditation. It will really help them to just take it down a little bit and and to allow them to get centered and help them get through the tough times. So that's how I'm here with you today, speaking with you today about fertility mindfulness. I love it. And um, you yourself had your own fertility journey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you want to sh- share wh- what you want with um, with the audience? Yes. Um, it seemed like a lifetime ago. And uh, we knew that we would have to go straight into IVF, ICSI, because of my husband's uh, illness that he had. And so back when we started, we went straight into it. And for about two years, we tried back-to-back cycles, didn't work. Then we switched facilities and I became pregnant with twins only to lose them in the second second trimester. And at that point, we pivoted into international adoption, adopted our first son. Then after a year of total bliss, we thought, okay, let's try this again. And uh, switched to a different facility, became pregnant with twins again. And this time I held on to them, delivered boy-girl twins And we had frozen embryos, but I couldn't deliver Carrie again. So we always thought, well, why not work with a surrogate? Because we worked so hard on these embryos, as you know. And it took us five years to save up. And we finally worked with this amazing woman. And she delivered twin boys for us. And so that's how we came to five kids doing IVF, adoption, surrogacy. That's that's my story. (laughs) I... um. I'm so inspired by that. I'm so inspired by that. I'm also just like, I don't know, coming back to the meditation thing, like if a mom of five can meditate, I can meditate. Yeah. I can meditate. I can (laughs) find the time. I can find the time. Um, That's beautiful. What a beautiful journey Um, with a lot of highs and lows, as all of us can kind of relate to. Um. Well, how let me let me um get back to my questions here. Um what is your current view and understanding of meditation and its side effects on one's fertility journey? Uh, I love that question. So, you know, I just want to I just back backtrack a little bit about mindfulness because I'm always talking fertility mindfulness and all of that. And so, essentially, when you think of mindfulness, it's just a, an awareness of the present moment. And, you know, you you can be mindful of your breath, like we did when we were meditating. You can be mindful of how your body's feeling, again, like how we were doing in the meditation. 
And you can also be mindful of how you're you're sort of experiencing life through your emotions and your mental well-being, again, as we did in, in the meditation. So when you're, the beauty of being mindful then is that you are, you're pretty much in that present moment. And especially if you were following along with that, that four, five, six, seven count, if you were counting for yourself, it was really hard for you to think about anything else because you were, you were so focused on your breath. So it's hard for you to start thinking about things in the past that can trigger you or start getting into a spiral of worry about all the what-ifs of the future because you're really in that moment. And, and then that's kind of what we try to do when you're not doing a specific breathing technique, but you're just witnessing that breath and seeing how it's flowing in and out of you. And so that, you know, that translating that into fertility, you know, you can see how that would be helpful in that. I remember when I was going through IVF, I would constantly be thinking about all of the the past cycles that didn't work out, trying to decipher what happened there, why didn't it work, what is it that I did that didn't allow for it to work, and then then I'd switch over to thinking about the next cycle that I had to that I had to do and thinking about all these what ifs of like, okay, what if this one doesn't work? What are we going to do next? Like can we switch medications? Should we switch doctors, facilities? What can I do? And it's constantly like just the mental aspect of it and the emotional aspect of it was just so draining and it was just so tough. So when you can bring in moments where you're not in those two spaces, it gives you a chance to, well, it gives you a chance to breathe, right? But it gives you a chance to just nourish yourself and be in a state where in that moment, everything is just okay. And you're not being dragged down by all these things from the past and the future. And so that is, you know, for me, the number one benefit of introducing mindfulness into one's fertility journey. And so that's, you know, that's what I've found to be quite helpful for myself, but also for many of my clients. It feels like a powerful uh, tool for self-care too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, so, like for me personally, when I, my definition of self-care is got to get my nails done, got to go get my hair done, maybe buy a new purse, you know, but this seems like, like it can have the same therapeutic effects without spending all the money. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I'm a big proponent of having this in one self-care toolkit. I'm always talking about that in that, you know, there are certain days where you, one of your normal self-care things just doesn't cut it. You you just had that bad of a day. And so it's always great to try new things, see what sticks for you, what works. And then um, like some days you have to throw multiple things at your anxiety, at your worry. And like you said, you know, maybe you also buy a purse, but you also meditate. And so that you're taking care of multiple pieces of yourself that need to be cared for. And and you're right, it, it definitely is um, an inexpensive way of doing self-care. But it's also great because you can take it anywhere, you know, that you need to be. A lot of times, mm. um, like I, I'm always telling people that you can take this with you when you're sitting in the lobby of that, that ART office or while you're 
lying down on that ultrasound table and you're waiting for the technician or you're already doing the ultrasound, but they're not talking to you. And you're just wondering like, oh my God, what are they seeing that they're not seeing? You're getting starting to get panicked. That would be a great time to pull out a breathing technique or pull out a gratitude or an affirmation to just help you like de-stress and to just be present in the moment and, and be okay with what's happening. What transformations have you seen when people incorporate meditation into their fertility routine? Yeah, so I've had the pleasure of working with so many women and it's been it's been really just rewarding to see that this practice can can make such a difference in their journey. So, one of the one of the things that has been that I've been able to see is that for example, like I said, with being in the waiting rooms, especially right now with with the pandemic and all of that, oftentimes you can't go with your partner. You can't bring someone. So you're there alone and you don't have your cheerleader. You don't have your support system. Instead, you're just sitting there waiting. You're, you're panicking or you're just really stressed out about what they'll find or what they're going to say to you. And in this moment, I've had some of my clients who have used their the techniques of affirmations, used gratitudes, maybe even used one of the meditations that I have or that I've done for them that I've pre-recorded and they'll just listen to it. And rather than scrolling on their phone and looking at things that might trigger them, they're able to bring themselves into a state of calm. And so that way, when they get into whatever they have for that appointment, then they're, you know, they're approaching it with from a different place, a more mindful place, a more positive place, rather than a panicked state. What suggestions do you have for people struggling with meditation? Okay, I I love this question because then I can give you all some great pointers because, you know, as you heard in that original story about me thinking if I should go into meditation or not, um, I wish someone had told me these things before because one of the things that I thought was that it had to be this big production. Well, it doesn't have to, to be a big production. So my tips would be to start small, to tie it to an existing ritual so that you can set yourself up for success. You don't need a fancy spot. You don't need that, you know, Buddha statue. You don't need the water fountain and the fancy pillow. I do it in my closet. I do it in my minivan. I just do it anywhere that I can do it that's quiet. Um, and then to lean into things like get help when you need it. So help can mean using an app or going onto someone's website where they have free meditations such as I do or using music if that's more of your jam and you can really get into a place of peace using background music. So use available resources that you have and use help. And then the other thing is to try, try new meditations. So oftentimes people can get stuck into one, but I like to advise people to see how they're feeling that day. Everyone starts the day feeling different. And so we need different things. So one day you may need something that's truly motivational and empowers you to get through what you have going on that day. And then another day you may just need just silence because it's just been too loud that day. There's too much going on in your head. So feel, notice how you're feeling and then pick something that addresses what you need. And then just going back to that um, idea of starting small, it can be something as small as two to three minutes to 
to start meditation. It doesn't have to be 30 minutes. It doesn't have to be an hour. You don't have to do it twice a day. You can do it two or three minutes as long as you practice because what you're doing is you're just creating this new pathway in your brain. And just like with a sport or a new language or a new musical instrument, you just have to practice so you can make that pathway in your brain. And the more you practice, the stronger that pathway gets to, so that when you're feeling stressed, now your brain knows how to instantly get you to this state of calm because it's been practicing it. You've been doing it. And, and so two to three minutes every day ensures you that practice. And then going back to that other point of tying it to an existing rit ritual, let's say you brush your teeth every morning. So why not try to plan it before or after? Because you're, you know you always brush your teeth. But when you're trying to add in a new thing on your daily list of things to do, um, you can ensure that success if you tie it to something like that. That way, um, you know, you'll always get it done. So those are some some quick tips on, that will help someone who's worried about trying meditation, wondering if they can make it stick or not. And, and so those should help get you on your way. I love that. I love those tips. I, I think for me, it's also understanding that I don't have to do it perfectly the first time, right? Because if I have to like make it look a certain way, I'm just never going to, I'm never going to continue to try to practice it. Yeah, no, that's a great point. It's not going to be perfect. So Nothing in life is perfect, as we all know, going through oh this gosh, whole journey, right? It's so true. <laughs> so, what a lesson. Yeah. Um, well, what is a common mistake people make when trying to incorporate mindfulness and meditation? Uh, a common mistake is kind of leading to that idea that you mentioned about it being perfect. So one thing that I often hear people tell me when I'm trying to convince them to, to give it a shot is that they can't turn their mind off. And I think I even said that back in the beginning is that um, I can't meditate because there's just so many thoughts going on in my mind. And that when they do try and they do experience thoughts, then they think that they failed at it. And so, you know, just up front, we have like 60,000, 80,000 thoughts running through our head on a daily basis. So the idea that we're going to be able to turn it off is quite unrealistic. Rather, what you're trying to do is to come into this moment of stillness and silence, and then you get there. And then all of a sudden you remember an email that you have to send out and that's okay. So rather than holding on to that thought, just acknowledge it. You can use a visual if you want, like sending it, putting it on a cloud, pushing it away, whatever works for you. Or you can just say to yourself in your mind, I'm, I'm letting you go. I'll come back to you later. And then go back to whatever your point of focus was, which is usually your breath, a mantra, something that you're being mindful of. And, and then it's just going to be a dance. It's going to be a roller coaster of going up and down, of stillness and silence, and then being disturbed by a thought. And the beauty of this is that it applies to everyday life. So when you can practice it here in a meditation, you're better suited for applying it in life. So for example... One example that I like to use for people undergoing fertility is, say you get bad news from a doctor and you are just, you're shocked by the news and you can't think of anything that he's saying. You're not there anymore. You're off in the what ifs now. You're off in this future scenarios that you're trying to figure out for yourself. You completely miss what he's saying. 
he or she is saying. And if you practice meditation the way we've been, I've been talking about with the thoughts and returning back to the point of focus, then in that moment, yes, you can be emotional about it. That's not what I'm saying. But you can also bring yourself back so that you can hear what he or she is saying, come up with like next steps, a plan, and and then return back to those feelings and that emotion, but at least be present in the moment so that you can understand what you need to do next. And so that is, that would be my number one tip for, for misconceptions, debunking misconceptions on meditation. What makes your blood boil about infertility? This is a routine question I ask all guests. Yeah, now I love that question. Um, I think the thing that makes my blood boil is that infertility can make us feel I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, so I'm going to say crappy. You can (laughs) swear. This is, I know, I know. I love it when people, (laughs) I love it. It really is like, okay, we're getting to a new level now. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I, I, what I hate about fertility, infertility is that it makes people feel shitty about themselves. And, you know, when I was going through my own journey, I thought I had resolved these, these issues once I finally had the kids. So once I had adopted my son and gave birth to the middle twins, but that, you know, and then people say to us all the time and just, just hurts us that, Oh, well just have a baby or you already had a baby. So everything's fine now. Well, everything isn't fine now because I still have all those emotions, all that trauma that I went through that I never really fully resolved. And I just kept pushing it down, pushing it down so I can get through what I was get needed to get through to have the kids and and then it just builds up. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden out of the blue, like it pops up on you because you never really took care of those feelings of like these feelings of um, not feeling worthy enough. And, and then for me, it came up and totally manifested in this weird way of having an eating disorder. And as I was going through that, process of recovery, what came up were all these feelings of not, not feeling worthy and being scared of failing at something else because I had failed at trying to conceive, failed at being a woman who should be able to conceive. And so it just became this spiral of negativity that just demoralized me and demoralizes women who are going through this. And so that part of it is just, it just makes me so frustrated because we do as women, we do so many things and we can achieve so many things. But then when we get stuck in this journey and, and all the negativity of it, everything that we may have done or are doing currently, it just gets dimmed no matter what. It just gets dimmed. And so that's, oh, that's what gets my blood boiling. It's so true, Josephine. You you totally hit the nail on the head. Um, I think sometimes we can be so successful as women in our careers, in our advancements, in, you know, um, whatever types of achievements that we've made or, or successes, you know, in our life. And then we get to this moment and it doesn't fall into place. And all of a sudden, everything else that we've done doesn't matter. It's like this is this completely consumes our perception of ourselves. Right. And 
it just like diminishes all of those things that we've done. I love that. I love how you said that. Um, it's so true, you right. know? Yeah, yeah. And it also, I think it, we're doing a disservice to ourselves when we minimize our accomplishments to creating a child, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, because I'm, I'm so much more than that. Yeah. You know, I think we all are. Right. Um, so that's really, oh, I like that. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Um, well, how can people follow you and, you know, connect with you, listen to more of your wisdom? Um, I know you have a podcast too. Yes. Thank you so much for, for the opportunity. Um, you can... You know, on my website, which is jatlury, J-A-T-L-U-R-I.com, there are free video meditations that you can try out and you can sign up for newsletters so that you can get the new meditation a month before it's on my website. And then uh, you can book sessions or workshops. I have fertility-specific meditations on there that you can you can book and that you can also try. And um, I do them for like right before big moments, and then also for your two-week wait. And then you can find me on Instagram at Josephine R. at Lurie for daily inspo and and my podcast, Responding to Life, which I talk about health, fertility, and parenthood, and try to incorporate the idea of mindfulness and, and positivity and how we respond to our lives in, in that manner. Thank you so much, Josephine. This has just been such a treat. And are you in California? Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles. Okay, that's what I thought. I was like, I can always tell when a guest and I have the same time zone. It's very exciting to me. (laughs) It's very exciting. I really, it it really excites me. So, um, well, we wish you the best, and I, um, I can't wait to continue to connect with you on social media and through all of the services you offer. This is awesome. Thanks so much. It was so so fun speaking with you. All right. We'll be in touch. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Me, Myself, and Millie. Follow us on Instagram at Me, Myself, Millie for more podcast updates. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe and share on social media. A special thanks to my husband, Rowan Brooks, for technical support and Cal Reichenbach, who did all the music you heard in this episode. You can check him out at calzonemusic.com. Thanks, cutie bombs, and see you next week. Bye.